0: Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. Transferring the family farm is so much more than just a simple business transaction, and there are a number of complex issues to be addressed. I'm Catherine Egan, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Chagas Financial Management Specialist, James McDonnell, with some key advice to help farm families through this process and all aspects that need to be considered when writing a succession plan. James, before we start, perhaps you could go through what the terms succession, inheritance and farm transfer actually mean and how they differ.
1: So succession is really, it's, it's the handover of the farm business, really. It's the management of what's going on on the farm. Inheritance is actually the legal transfer of the ownership of the assets to the next generation. So when we use the term farm transfer, it's almost a combination of both. You're transferring the farm business and possibly the assets as well. So it's succession and inheritance together. So um, yeah, you wonder, uh, you know, different people use the different terms and they switch them around. So I suppose we we call our events succession and inheritance events. So you might be doing one or the other or both, some farmers will hand over the assets, but they'll continue farming with their with their children. So uh, they're doing the inheritance part. Uh, they're doing the succession part, but they might also be changing from being a manager to a, to a worker. So that happens too. So every family has a different, I suppose, way of looking at it. And I suppose it really the events are about helping families to make a plan. You know how to keep the business going how to keep income for the family, and, you know, that it all works well, that there's no uh, rows or disagreements.
0: It's something that probably a lot of farmers put off, James, but for farmers listening, I think one of the first questions will be, where do I start?
1: Yeah, uh, good question, Catherine. The place to start really is with a will. Um, We heard lots of talk during the Brexit negotiations about a backstop. So a will really is your backstop. If the unforeseen happens, you drop dead, what happens? Your assets. If you don't have a will, you're following the Succession Act of 1965. So it depends on who's left behind you. So if you have a spouse, your spouse gets everything. If there's a spouse and children, there's two-thirds, there's a two-thirds, one-third rule. So uh, you're not getting the decision. You know, it's taken out of your hands as as to what happens. So if you want to give, you know, one child a site, another child um, a bit of money, and another child uh, a specific field. well, the best way to do that is in a will and if you 're not sure what to do, I suppose write a, write a temporary will while you 're you know negotiating with the family what's what each of them wants so that 's the best place to start. Write a will you can always update it after a few years. And if your children are young, you'll have to update it anywhere when they probably reach age 21. And, you know, I, I went through the process myself, you know, wrote a will when I had a child born. Then it was the second child. So we had to update the will. And the solicitor told me that we need to update it again when the youngest is age 20. Um, so there are tax implications. So a will is the place to start. Um, and then you can work on through your, your farm succession plan. Um, I suppose, you know, there's lots of information out there about, um, you know, farm succession. There's lots of it on our website. And I suppose that's why we're chatting here today is, is to try and work through that and where you can find some of the information. But uh, to my mind, a wheel is the place to start. And only 50% of the population probably have one made.
0: I think you touched on it there, James. Really, it's really the farming family as a whole. And what are the key questions the farmers would need to ask?
1: Well, I suppose there's a lot of questions. I mean, um, some farmers say that they want to retire. And what do they mean by retire? Sometimes I think it's it's they want to hand the assets over to their child. Um, they just want to do that part. Other farmers say they never want to retire, but really they do want to hand over the assets. They just want to continue working on the farm. So everybody has their own definition. So I suppose farm families you know, and farmers need to decide what they want uh, as they get on in years. You know, some people are worried about the fair deal scheme and that's going through, you know, changes are going through the houses of the Octus at the moment. And, you know, we're hoping maybe to discuss that on on our webinars. Um, How do you, you know, if you're going to hand over the farm to the next generation, what do you do for an income? Um, Maybe you'll have care needs down the road and who covers the cost of that or how is it funded? Um, If you're young and there's a short generation gap from yourself as the farmer to the next generation, how do you get two incomes out of the one farm? Um, So there's partnership options there. And maybe uh, your son or daughter would join you in the business and maybe you'd you'd take on some extra land and grow the business. So there are two incomes. Um, There's tax implications attached to transferring land. So there's three taxes that you need to watch out for. There's capital gains tax. Um, stamp duty and capital acquisitions tax, and poorly planned succession uh, can result in large tax bills. So I suppose it's important, uh, once you have the first step done and you have the will made, that you sit down with the family and work out, you know, who's getting what, uh, how people are going to be cared for, where the income is going to come from, and then you talk to your accountant and come up with the tax angles. What's this going to cost in terms of tax? And if there's going to be a lot of tax, maybe there's a way of tweaking the plan to minimise the tax. Because the last thing you want to do is, you know, give some land to a child and they have to sell a portion of it to cover a tax bit. That doesn't make any sense. That's, you know, creating leakage in the system. Um, so it's important to meet your accountant. You also maybe, uh, some of the smaller farmers um, that have you know, struggling to make an income, they want to be sure that they're making PRSI payments so that they have a pension, you know, a contributory pension rather than the means-tested pension. So it's important to look at pensions. Um, So there's lots of different angles. And I suppose, you know, we covered some of those on a webinar that we did last year and people can log on to our website and they can review that webinar. It's about an hour long, uh, took place last November. So that's still live there on on the chagas youtube uh, channel um all of the information is still current um until maybe the next tax budget when when there might be slight changes but it's worth people's while watching that webinar it'll tee them up maybe you know with some questions that they might want to ask at our, at our next two webinars coming up um in october
0: yes james i think you've covered a lot of points there with relation to the tax implications and a lot of the business in issues. But I suppose an important point to remember is that there's a huge support network there available to start the transfer process. And you've touched on some of the people, but who else do farmers need to be in contact with to start the transfer process?
1: Well, I suppose, yeah, there's a, there's a number of different professionals. And I suppose oftentimes people start with ourselves. So the client will come in to you and they say, Catherine, I'm thinking of retiring from farming. What should I do? And um, I suppose the the first thing is to figure out a plan. Who's getting what? How are all the children to be looked after? How are you going to look after your yourself in in later life in terms of income and all the rest of it? So that's about writing a plan. And if it's difficult to have the conversation, you know, with your children, maybe you'll you'll use a mediator. So mediators can can help families reach a plan. You know, uh, an advisor. I suppose we're, we're science trained, so this, our soft skills uh, mightn't be the best because we know how to grow grass and you know, what AI straws to use and all, and design buildings. So um, this might be a little bit outside our comfort zone, but an advisor is a good place to start. So talk to your advisor, maybe a mediator might be needed. Once you have a, a kind of a plan in place, you need to sit down with your accountant to work out the tax indications. Then it's about you know going to the slister and, uh, doing the legal transfer, if the legal transfer is what's what's going to be done or if it's a farm partnership, solicitors and accountants are worked together. You might also want to talk to citizens information who provide uh, an invaluable service in relation to the Fair Deal scheme, pension entitlements. Um, you might want to talk to the Department of Social Protection to find out what your uh, PRSI history is in terms of What payments have you made down through the years? How many uh, PRSI payments do you still need to make to get a full pension, or will you get a partial pension? Um, Mediators to be contracted through, you know, um, the MII is their website, so T-H-E-M-I-I.ie. You can pick up a mediator in your local area if if you're struggling with the conversation or there's some conflict. And finally, I'd say... um, valuations need to be done as there's a tax calculation. So an auction, the services of an auctioneer may be required to value all the properties. And even for the person receiving the property, if they have other property themselves, everything needs to be valued to do the tax calculation. So um, I suppose there's a one, two, three, four, five, there. nearly Catherine. Start with your advisor, then involve uh, a mediator if required, the accountant, the solicitor, citizen's information, Department of Social Protection, and uh, an auctioneer. So there's a good team of professionals. And maybe you decide that you don't want to retire yet and you might decide to reduce your farming, and and it might be to go land leasing, or you might decide to plant some forestry. So, you know, if you're looking at those options, it's probably something that your local advisor can can help you with. So um, I suppose, don't be afraid to ask. There's a lot more people involved in this area than, than you would expect.
0: Yes, I suppose, James, you touched on it there. It is a difficult conversation to start. Have you any advice on how to start that conversation on farm succession?
1: That's a good question, Catherine. Sometimes, you know, what I say to farm families are, you know, when I meet them in person and they're wondering how to go home and start the conversation, I give them a booklet and I say, maybe you start reading that booklet and you leave it on the kitchen table and maybe somebody else will pick it up and they'll have a look and say, where did you get this? And that might be just enough to start the conversation um so you could ring the local office and get uh, the little booklet that we have produced it's a green book it's called a guide to transferring the family farm so that might be a starting point i suppose um <clears throat> i suppose you know really i suppose what we should do is try and be upfront with with your family members you know and your thought processes there's no harm in talking um, we know our own children quite well, and you know what kind of topics you can you can broach with them. So, I mean, uh, where farm families do lots of talking around the kitchen table, that's probably the place to start. Um, but sometimes, you know, if, if you're elderly and your kids are working away, maybe, you know, you need to gather them together, you know, and say you're thinking about uh, dividing up the assets or retiring. And you'd like to know, well, what would they like or, you know, what are they interested in? Um, because, you know, young John might want um, the field at the crossroads and Mary might want um, a bit of money to help her with her mortgage. So every family is different.
0: Yeah, I and every very- family will have
1: their own ways maybe of of starting conversations and other things. So
0: It really is farm-specific, James, and I suppose you touched on it earlier, but there are a range of ways to integrate farm generations, be it parent and child, aunt and uncle or niece and nephew or neighbors depending on the farm situation and they have become a popular different collaborations and farm partnerships in recent years can you just discuss some of the ways that they have been integrated
1: yeah um yeah so <clears throat> i suppose milk production partnerships started back in i suppose it must be nearly 20 years ago now back in the in the late 2000s. Um, and they progressed on in 2015, the Department of Agriculture widened the, the milk production partnership so that any two farmers could form a partnership. So if you were a neighbour of mine, catching, we could start farming together. And, you know, you have a herd number and I have a herd number and we could run all the stock in, in your herd number and maybe we'd use your milk and powder. Um, And we might use my wintering facilities, you know, for, for the replacement heifers or whatever and we do a profit sharing ratio. And, you know, there's incentives there for if we need to do any building that there's, there's higher levels of TAMS grant and, and things like that. And for us to legally do a partnership, there's a grant aid uh, structure as well, um, you know, to, to do that, the legal deal so that, you know, if, if we fall out that, you know, you can divide everything back to where we, where we started or, or we get back what we put in. So that's a registered farm partnership. Um, some, I suppose, some people look at other options, like they might decide, right, instead of instead of me farming with your catcher, maybe I might lease you the land, okay? So that's a way of me stepping back. But if I lease you the land, maybe you're going to be tight on labour. Maybe you might give me five or six hours work a week. So I'm leasing you the land and I'm getting a job off you. Um, so... I suppose there's loads of different options out there. I might have a wet field where I might plant that to forestry and I might lease out the rest of it. So I have a bit of tax-free income coming from forestry and I might have some tax-free income coming from a land lease. Share farming is another option that people take on where uh, it's, it's usually in tillage situations. So um, I will buy the grain and the seed and the sprays and you will sow the crop and you will, you know, do the work and then we'll split the profit at the end of the year. So that's, that's another type of farming that, that people do. Um, so there's lots of options out there. On last year's Transferring the Farm webinar, Gordon Peppered, our specialist, actually spoke specifically on collaborative farming. So if you want to review his talk, um, if people go onto the website, they'll be able to view that again. And um, there's also booklets and there's a resource page. I'd say if you Google Chagas and collaborative farming, you'll probably get into the resource page on on the website and there's loads more information there too.
0: That's great James and there's a series of transferring the family farm webinars coming up in the coming weeks. Can you tell me more about them?
1: Yeah um, I suppose as a follow-on from last year you know due to COVID we we used what we used to do was go around to hotel rooms and we do six or seven hotels a year in different counties and we'd have solicitors and accountants and you know, mediators, we'd have all the different professionals available for people to talk to free of charge. So last year, we decided to start with a webinar. So um, I suppose I, I did a short presentation on, on teeing up the, the, the farmer and what questions they might ask. And we had a tax presentation and we had a collaborative farming presentation. So as a follow on from that, this year on the 6th of October, we will have a solicitor and a mediator making two presentations. And then on the 13th of October, we're going to have a discussion on um, the fair deal scheme and uh, pensions and what entitlements and how to find out. So um, there'll be in the evening time. um, So I think it's a a seven o'clock start. You can register on the website. The chances are that the webinar will run for about an hour. People can ask questions uh, through a chat function. Um, but I think it's only the first thousand can get in to ask questions on the chat function after that you're on an email and we'll keep an eye on the email and um, that's live at any stage but I suppose talk to your advisor if you have a question and um, we also have succession at chagas.ie as our email address and that'll be live and be monitored on, on the night last year we got a lot of questions and I think it took us maybe two weeks to get back to everybody that, that had asked the question because we couldn't get through them all in the night sometimes people will ask very personal questions so do, those questions won't be answered live but if there are simple or generic questions we'll answer those live on, on the webinar so the 6th of october and the 13th of october are our two webinars and they're called transferring the family farm click on the on the uh, events page and on the website it's another way to book
0: thanks james i look forward to tuning in on the 6th and the 13th of october And listeners can register on the Chagas website, and I'll include the link in the podcast text.
1: Yeah, thanks, Catherine, for the opportunity to to go on your your podcast.
0: That's all for this week's episode, and my thanks to James for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie, or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef program, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Patrick Egan and thanks for listening.